All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. This is Your Folk Radio, Genesis to Revelation. Wow. Hey, Dan, this is the yeah. last. This is the last day of 2022. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could actually go out in the sunshine. You're you're in the southern hemisphere, southern hemisphere of America, right? And uh, here in central Illinois, it's bitter cold again, right? We had one of the most bitter cold. Well, it even uh, went down even to the depths of Florida, down below freezing this last weekend with this cold wave that we had. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, people are just uh, still uh, digging out of that in the uh, northern parts of the country. So, so people in the south who never knew what snow is, <laughs> they found out. Okay, so hopefully, uh, well, let me put it this way: the last three years have been really terrible for—I don't want to say the human race, but for people everywhere, <laughs> because we make a distinction between Adam kind and all other kinds, right? But it hasn't been fun with uh, COVID. Now we're in a, Can you believe we're into three years of COVID? Yeah. And uh, some and, of us. Yeah. Go ahead. And uh, the world's population has not dropped significantly. No, it hasn't. But the headlines are sure bad. <laughs> they, they make it sound like it has, but it hasn't. Yeah. And right. What yeah. they really? What they? My opinion. They've just. They've been calling everything COVID. Right. The flu. Everything. In, a, in order to push this vaccine on everybody. Yeah, I actually had a mild cold during the week as a result of all the cold weather because I had, I had to go out and, and do stuff in it. and uh, So I had a ticklish throat and a little bit of sneezing and a little bit of coughing. But that's about it. You know, I mean, because uh, I really uh, watch my diet. I don't eat all this junk food that I used to. When I did get colds, it was, uh, well, guess what? Uh uh, I had <laughs> my, my neighbor brought me a plate of holiday food, right, which consisted of cheesecake, cookies, mashed potatoes, uh, a little bit of salad, and uh, oh yeah, corn, right. And talk about starch. I, I should not have eaten it <laughs> because I've been avoiding that kind of food. Uh, religiously for the last year or so, you know, because of my sinus condition. So, and you can bet that I had a sinus reaction after that and probably caught that cold as a result because uh, no ham. Yeah, no ham, Brother Aber. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I'm, if I had eaten any ham on top of it, then I probably would have got a real serious cold. But uh, as people should know, the colds are caused by toxicity. Most diseases are caused by toxicity. Not by viruses, all right? That should be standard medicine 101 outside of the universities, which are controlled by the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. And that's the, that's the consensus, the growing consensus of all those who oppose allopathic medicine it's, and all its evils, right? So It's your body trying to get rid of those toxins. Exactly. That's what a cold or a flu actually is, just getting rid of the toxins. So I had a very mild case of that. Like I said, a bit of a sore throat, a little bit of a cough like that, nothing serious, and uh, I'm back, right? It was gone within a few days. So that's the way, that's the type of cold you get if you don't eat toxic food, right? That's the, that's the long and the short of it. 
Okay, well, I, I guess that's off topic. <laughs> so maybe we should get back to First Chronicles, which uh, I covered uh, chapters 5 through almost the end of chapter 7, where I left off with the descendants of Asher. So why don't you pick it up there with the descendants of Asher? I think it's verse 30, if, you're, if your version doesn't have uh, you know subtitles in the chapters. Okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay. First Chronicles right. chapter 7, verse 30. The sons of Asher, Imna and Isua and Ishuai and Berai and Sarah, their sister, and the sons of Bariah, Heber and Malkiel, who is the father of Berzavith. And Heber begat Japheth and Shomer and Hotham and Shua, their sister. And the sons of Japheth, Pasach and Bimhal, and Ashvath, these are the children of Japhlet. And the sons of Shamer, Ahi, Rogah, Jehubah, and Aram. And the sons of his brother, Helam, Zophah, and Imna, and Shelesh, and Amal. The sons of Zophah, Sua, and Harnefer, and Shuel, and Beri, and Imra, Bezer, and Hod, and Shammah, and Shilsha, and Ithran, and Beera, and the sons of Jether, Jephune, and Pispa, and Ara, and the sons of Ula, Ara, and Haniel, and Rezia. All these were the children of Asher, heads of their father's house, choice and mighty men of valor, chief of the princes. And the number throughout the genealogy of them that were apt to the war and to the battle was 20 and 6,000 men. End of chapter 7. Okay. Well, you know how singers practice their scales before doing a performance? Yeah. La, 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 that kind of stuff. They, uh-huh. uh, and uh, you have to strain your voice good to make sure you hit those high notes and practice that before going on stage. Otherwise, you might fail. So anybody who wants to do a reading should just uh, do chapter uh, 7 of 1 Chronicles <laughs> all the way through because there's some real tongue twisters in there, folks. That that will loosen up your tongue really good. All right, chapter 8. Chapter Back. 8. Yeah. Now Benjamin begat Bela, his firstborn, Ashbel the second, and Ahara the third, Noah the fourth, and Rapha the fifth. And the sons of Bela were Adar and Gera and Abihud, and Abishua and Naaman and Ahoa, and Gera and Shufufan and Huram. And these are the sons of Ehud. These are the heads of the fathers of the inhabitants of Geba. And they removed them to Manathath. And Naaman and Ahiah and Gera, he removed them and begat Uzzah and Ahuhud. Ah, no, no. You got it. Close enough. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and Shaharim begat children in the country of Moab. After he had sent them away, Hushim and Beara were his wives. Okay. And he begat of Hodesh his wife, Jobab and Zibia and Misha and Malcolm and Jeuz and Shekiah and Murma. These were his sons, heads of the fathers. And of Hushim, he begat, he begat 
Abitub, and Elpaal. The sons of Elpaal, Eber, and Misham, and Shamed, who built Ono and Lod with the towns thereof. Beriah also, and Shema, who were the heads of the fathers of the inhabitants of Ajalon, who drove away the inhabitants of Gath. And Ahio, and, Ahio, and Shashak, and Jeremoth, and Zabadiah, and Arad, and Ader, and Michael, and Ispa, and Joha, the sons of Bariah, and Zabadiah, and Meshulam, and Hezekiah, and Heber, Ishmarari, or Ishmarai also, and Jezliah, and Jobab, the sons of El Peal, and Jacob, and Zikri, and Zabdi, and Eliani, and Zilthai, and Eliel, and Adiah, and Bariah, and Shimrath, the sons of Shimhi, and Ishpan, and Heber, and Eliel, and Abdon, and Zikri, and Hanan, and Hananiah, and Elam, and Antoth Ajah, and Ifadiah, and Penuel, the sons of Shashak, and Shamsharai, and Shahariah, and Athaliah, and Jerashiah, and Eliah, and Zikri, the sons of Jeraham. These were the heads of the fathers, father generations, chief men. These dwelt in Jerusalem. And at Gibeon dwelt the father of Gibeon, whose wife's name was Maacah. And his firstborn son, Abdon, and Zur, and Kish, and Baal, and Nadab, and Gedor, and Ahio, and Zachar. And Mikloth begat Shimeah. And these also dwelt with their brethren in Jerusalem over against them. And there begat Kish, and Kish begat Saul, and Saul begat Jonathan, and Malkashua, and Abinadab, and Eshbaal. And the son of Jonathan was Merebabal, and Merebabal begat Micah. And the sons of Micah were Python, and Melech, and Tareah, and Ahaz. And Ahaz begat Jehoiada, and Jehoiada begat Alameth, and Asmaveth, and Zimri, and Zimri begat Moza, and Moza begat Benaiah. Raphael was his son, Elias, Elias, Eliasa his son, Azel his son. And Azel had six sons, whose names are these, Azrakam, Bakaru, Ishmael, Shariah, and Obadiah, and Hanan. All these were the sons of Azel. And the sons of Eshek, his brother, were Ulam, his firstborn, Jehush, his second, and Ephelet, the third. And the sons of Ulam were mighty men of valor, archers, and had many sons and sons' sons, and 150. All these are the sons of Benjamin. Okay, well, they recovered very well from nearly being exterminated, right? A couple of hundred mm-hmm. or 300 years before. Okay, well, one interesting thing about these genealogies is they do mention the daughters and wives fairly often. So, 
if you have any question, uh, if you do want to know whether a certain famous Israelite had a wife not mentioned anywhere else, you can check these verses and find out, okay? So, but, uh, yeah, so some of these wives and daughters were important and they're mentioned. Okay, so let's continue. All right, chapter 9. So all Israel were reckoned by genealogies, and behold, they were written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah, who were carried away to Babylon for their transgression. Now the first inhabitants that dwelt in their possessions in their cities were the Israelites, the priests, Levites, and Nethanims. And in Jerusalem dwelt the children of Judah, and of the children of Benjamin, and of the children of Ephraim and Manasseh. Uthai, the son of Amahud, the son of Omri, the son of Imri, the son of Bani, of the children of Pharez, the son of Judah. And of the Shilonites, Asiah, the firstborn, and his sons. And of the sons of Zerah, Jewel, and their brethren, 690. And of the sons of Benjamin, Salu, the son of Meshulam, the son of Hodaviah, the son of Hasanua, and Abaniah, the son of Jeraham, and Elah, the son of Uzi, the son of Mikri, and Meshulam, the son of Shephthiah, the son of Ruel, the son of Ibnijah, and their brethren, according to their generations, 956. All these men were chief of the fathers in the house of their fathers. And of the priests, Jedidiah, and Jehoarib, and Jachin, and Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Zadok, the son of Mariath, the son of Ahitub, the ruler of the house of God, and Adiah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Pasher, the son of Malchajah, Maasiah, the son of Adiel, the son of Jahazerah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Meshulemeth, the son of Immer, and their brethren, heads of the house of their fathers, a thousand and seven hundred and three score, very able men for the work of the service of the house of God. And of the Levites, Shemaiah, the son of Hashab, the son of Azrakam, the son of Hashabiah, of the sons of Merari, and Bakar, Heresh, and Galal, and Mataniah, the son of Micah, the son of Zikri, the son of Asaph, and Obadiah, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Galal, the son of Jedathun, and Berechiah, the son of Asa, the son of Elkanah, that dwelt in the village of the Netophathites. And the porters were Shalem, and Akub, and Talman, and Ahiman, and their brethren, Shalem, was the chief, who hitherto waited in the king's gate eastward. They were porters in the companies of the children of Levi. And Shalem, the son of Kor, the son of Ebiasaph, the son of Korah, and his brethren, of the house of his father, the Korahites, were over the work of the service, keepers of the gates of the tabernacle. And their fathers, being over the host of Yahweh, were keepers of the entry. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, was the ruler over them in time past. And Yahweh was with him. 
And Zechariah, the son of Meshelamiah, was porter of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. All these which were chosen to be porters in the gates were 212. These were reckoned by their genealogy in their villages, whom David and Samuel, the seer, did ordain in their set office. So they and their children had the oversight of the gates of the house of Yahweh, namely the house of the tabernacle by wards. In four quarters were the porters toward the east, west, north, and south. And their brethren, which were in the villages, were to come after seven days from time to time with them. For these Levites, the four chief porters, were in their set office and were over the chambers and treasuries of the house of God. And they lodged round about the house of God, because the charge was upon them, and the opening thereof of thereof every morning pertained to them. And certain of them had the charge of the ministering vessels, that they should bring them in and out by tail. Some of them were also appointed to oversee the vessels, and all the instruments of the sanctuary, and the fine flour, and the wine, and the oil, and the frankincense, and the spices. And some of the sons of the priests made ointment of the spices. And Mattathiah, one of the Levites, who was the firstborn of Shalom, the Korahite, had the set office over the things that were made in the pans. And the and other of their brethren, of the sons of the Kohathites, were over the showbread to prepare it every Sabbath. And these are the singers, chief of their of the fathers of the Levites, who remaining in the chambers were free, for they were employed in that work day and night. These chief fathers of the Levites were chief throughout their generations. These dwelt at Jerusalem. And in Gibeon dwelt the father of Gibeon, Jehiel, whose wife's name was was Maacah, and his firstborn son Abdon, then Zur, and Kish, and Baal, and Ner, and Nadab, (coughs) and Ahio, and and Zechariah, and Mikloth. Okay, and Mikloth. Can you hear me? Yeah, Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, because uh, Gibeon uh, was the Gibeon, the Gibeonites were those who pretended to be Israelites to avoid being slaughtered by, by, um, uh, not Jonathan, Joshua. Okay. So it looks like it's the, the, the Esword here suggests that these people are descendants of Saul, but uh, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, and above we had the word Nethanim. N-E-T-H-E-N-I-M. Let me reference this article here about the Gibeonites and the Nethanim. Uh, This is from encyclopedia.com. And uh, the Gibeonites, residents of four important cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem, feared that they might share the fate of Jericho and I, which were destroyed by the Israelites and tricked Joshua into a treaty that would spare them. Joshua chapter 9. Had Joshua known that these people were actually Canaanites, whom he was pledged to dispossess and exterminate, he would not have concluded a treaty with them. But the Gibeonites had disguised themselves as coming from a distant land and had made overtures of devotion to the God of Israel. 
Yeah, Jews still do that today. <laughs> they make overtures. As they were returning to their nearby cities, the ruse was discovered. But by that time, the Israelites were bound by the treaty and could not drive them out or destroy their cities, which were strategically located to control access to Jerusalem and the roads through the Judean mountains. As a result of this treaty, five Canaanite rulers immediately formed a coalition under the king of Jerusalem and attacked Gibeon. Okay, so uh, we, we see here that uh, there was a, this precipitated a civil war among the Canaanites, and these Gibeonites would forever afterwards be tributary to the Judahites, okay, uh, and, and possibly other Israelites as well. But these were also mentioned as Nethanim. So it's really obvious that David and uh, and Solomon employed these people as servants in the temple, which, you know, obviously they should have never done. But uh, it's, what, what's the modern say? They do the work that the the white people don't want to do. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think this is, they were employees, to, but the extent to which the Israelites intermarried with them, we have no way of knowing, but I'm sure it was forbidden. Certainly, you know, in, in higher places, and the farmers would not want to engage themselves with Canaanites either. So there probably wasn't a lot of race mixing going on there, but nevertheless, that, that's not a good situation. So the Nethanim were servants in the temple, and they could be doing anything like sweeping floors and throwing out trash, what have you and uh, be employed, but they were not considered Israelites. All right, I just wanted to clar- clarify that. All right, back to you. All right, verse 38. And Mikloth begat Shimeam, and they also dwelt with their brethren at Jerusalem, over against their brethren. And Nir begat Kish, and Kish begat Saul, and Saul begat Jonathan, and Malkishua, and Abinadab, and Eshbaal. And the son of Jonathan was, was Merebabel, and Merebabel begat Micah. And the sons of Micah were Python, and Melech, and Tareah, and Ahaz. And Ahaz begat Jarrah, and Jarrah begat Alameth, and Asmaveth, and Zimri, and Zimri begat Moza, and Moza begat Benaiah, and Rephiah his son, and Eliash, Eliasa, his son, and Azel, his son. And Azel had six sons, whose names are these, Azrakam, Bakaru, and Ishmael, and Shariah, and Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Okay, so there's a lot of people named after Obadiah. All right, so, okay, now we're getting back into the history. I think the genealogies are pretty much done. And let's see what happens here. The death of Saul and his sons, uh, chapter 10. Chapter 10. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard after Saul and after his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Malkishua, the sons of Saul. And the battle went sore against Saul. And the archers hit him, and he was wounded of the archers. Then said Saul to his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword, and thrust me through therewith. 
lest these uncircumcised come and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. So Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul had, was dead, he fell likewise on the sword and died. So Saul died and his three sons and all his house died together. And when all the men of Israel that were in the valley saw that they fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, then they forsook their cities and fled. And the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And when they had stripped him, they took his head and his armor and sent into the land of the Philistines round about to carry tidings unto their idols and to their to the people. And they put his armor in the house of their gods and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. And when all Jabesh Gilead heard all that the Philistines had done to Saul, they arose, all the valiant men, and took away the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons and brought them to Jabesh and buried their bones under the oak in Jabesh and fasted seven days. So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against Yahweh, even against the word of Yahweh, which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it and inquired not of Yahweh. Therefore, he slew him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. And uh, let's see, is that the end of the chapter? Okay, what do I Yep, that's here? the end of chapter 10. Okay. All right, so, uh, yeah, this, Saul had a difficult life, but it was mainly his own doing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Chapter, chapter 11. Chapter 11. Yeah. Then all Israel gathered themselves to David unto Hebron, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. And moreover, in time past, even when Saul was king, thou wast he that ledest out and broughtest in Israel. And Yahweh thy God said unto thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be ruler over my people Israel. Therefore came all the elders of Israel to the king to Hebron. And David made a covenant with them in Hebron before Yahweh. And they anointed David king over Israel, according to the word of Yahweh by Samuel. And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. And the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, Thou shalt not come hither. Nevertheless, David took the castle of Zion, which is the city of David. And David said, Whosoever smiteth the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. So Joab, the son of Zariah, went first up and was chief. And David dwelt in the castle. Therefore they called it the city of David. And he built the city round about, even from Milo round about. And Joab repaired the rest of the city. So David waxed greater and greater, for Yahweh of hosts was with him. These also are the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom and with all Israel to make him king, according to the word of Yahweh concerning Israel. And this is the number of the mighty men whom David had, Jashabim, a Hakmonite, the chief of the captains. He lifted up his spear against 300 slain by him at one time. 
And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahehoite, who was one of the three mighties. He was with David at Pasdamon, and there, and there the Philistines were gathered together to battle, where was a parcel of ground full of barley. And the people fled from before the Philistines, and they set themselves in the midst of that parcel and delivered it and slew the Philistines, and Yahweh saved them by a great deliverance. Now three of the thirty captains went down to the rock to David into the cave of Adullam, and the host of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in the hold, and the Philistines' garrison was then at Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem that is at the gate. And the three brake through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. But David would not drink of it, but poured it out to Yahweh and said, My God forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? For with the jeopardy of their lives, they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mightiest. Okay, uh, let me interrupt here. Again, uh, talking about the three mightiest on several occasions here. And it turns out that the uh, Israelite armies uh, usually had a triumvirate of mighty men at the top of the army and at probably the, the various battalions, etc. And this practice was uh, done by the Greeks and the Romans, which they probably you know, le- learned from the Israelites. You know, the, the, uh, Rome had a triumvirate at one point uh, as a, uh, instead of a, a Caesar, okay? So this idea of having a triumvirate at the top is very common in the Greco-Roman world and among the Israelites as well. It's obvious that it was started by these Israelites. Back to you. Verse 20. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, he was the chief of the three. <clears throat> For lifting up his spear against 300, he slew them and had a name among the three. And of the three, he was more honorable than the two, for he was their captain. Howbeit he attained not to the first three. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. Also he went down and slew a lion in a pit in a snowy day. And he slew an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits high. And in the Egyptian's hand was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. These things did Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and had the name among the three mighties. Behold, he was honorable among the thirty, but attained not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. Also, the valiant men of the armies were Asahel, the brother of Joab, Elhanan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem, Shamoth, the Hararite, Helez, the Pelonite, Ira, the son of Ikesh, the Tekoite, Abizer, the Antithite, Sibachai, the Hushathite, 
Eli, the Ahohite, Maharai, the Netophathite, Heleb, the son of Baana, the Netophathite, Ithai, the son of Ribai, of Gibeah, that pertained to the children of Benjamin, Benaiah, the Perathonite, <clears throat> Hurai, out of the brooks of Gaash, Abiel, the Arbathite, Asmaveth, the Baharumite, Eliaba, the Shahalbanite, the sons of Hashem, the, Ga- the Gazanite, Jonathan, the son of Shagay, the Hararite, Ahiam, the son of Sekar, the Hararite, Eliphal, the son of Ur, Hefer, the Makarathite, Ahijah, the Pelonite. <clears throat> Hezro, the Carmelite, Naari, the son of Ezbi, Joel, the brother of Nathan, Mibhar, the son of Hagari, Zelek, the Ammonite, Nahari, the Barathite, the armor-bearer of Joab, the son of Zeruah, Ira, the Ithrite, Garab, the Ithrite, <clears throat> Uriah, the Hittite, Zabad, the son of Ahali, Adina, the son of Sheza, the Reubenite, the captain of the Reubenites, and 30 with him, Hanan, the son of Maaka, and Josephat, the Mithnite. Uzziah, the Ashtotherite, Shema, and Jehiel, the sons of Hothan, the Aurorite. Jediel, the son of Shimri, and Joha, his brother, the Tizite. Eliel, Eliel the Maavite, and Jerabai, and Joshaviah, the sons of Elnaam, and Ithma, the Moabite. Eliel, and Obed, and Jasiel, the Mesopite. Okay, well, we see, I mean, there's so many thousands of these warriors among the Israelites. It's obvious that the Israelites had to be an agricultural people <laughs> to get all the food just for the army, right? Let, let alone the entire multitude of the people. So why aren't the Jews an agricultural people anymore, did they just lose the ability to farm? <laughs> or The curse of Cain. Yeah, there you go. They never were agriculturalists. They never were farmers. They don't know the first thing about farming. That should be a tip-off that they're not Israelites. But nobody pays attention to these details, right? Okay, chapter 12. Now, do I have it correctly that they can own the land, but they won't actually do the farming themselves yeah, on mean, that land? You mean in Israel? Uh, in other places, yeah, yeah they, yeah, they don't do any farming. They uh, yeah. they hire out the Palestinians on their what do they call those? Uh, co- their collective farms. They hire people to do that. The Jews th- themselves, they do not get their hands dirty with dirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right, bloody, yes, dirty, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I forget. Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, I was listening to a program where it was about Mormons, and uh, the one guy was saying that the, the Jews go to the Mormons to get volunteers for their uh, collective farms. I forget what they call their collective farms. And so, oh, and, and the Mormons think, think it's an honor, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they get free labor, and they get Palestinian labor, but not, not Jewish labor. That's the bottom line. 
Okay. Yeah, they're yeah they probably think yeah well, they're doing a good thing helping out these devil worshippers. Yeah, right? right. Exactly. That's what they think, right? Yeah, yeah. The kibbutz. That's what they call them. Kibbutz. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You'll, not, you'll never catch me live or dead on a kibbutz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, chapter 12. Now these are they that came to David, to David, to Ziklag, while he yet kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers of the war. They were armed with bows and could use both the right hand and the left in hurling stones and shooting arrows out of a bow. Oh, he's ambidextrous. (laughs) What's that? He's ambidextrous. Yeah, yeah. But you won't find that word in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Takes a whole sentence to describe that, right? Okay. (laughs) The chief was Ahizer, then Joash, the sons of Shemaia, the Gibeathite, and Jeziel, and Pelet, the sons of Asmaveth, and Barakah, and Jehu, the Antithite, and Ismaiah the Gibeonite, a mighty man among the thirty, and over the thirty, and Jeremiah, and Jehaziel, and Jehonan, and Josabad, the Gedarathite, <clears throat> Eluzai, and Jeremoth, and Bealiah, and Shemariah, and Shephatiah, the Haraphite, Elkanah, and Josiah, and Azareel, and Joezer, and Jashabim, the Korites, and Jola, and Zebediah, the sons of Jehoram, uh, Jeroham of Gedor. Okay, so we see there have been several Johanans uh, or Johanans uh, already listed. I listed a, a couple of them last week. So we see that uh, the name John, of course we translate it as John into English, uh, was very common already among the Israelites before John the Baptist came on the scene. Back to you. Verse uh, 8. And of the Gadites, there separated themselves unto David into the hold to the wilderness men of might and men of war fit for the battle that could handle shield and buckler, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as the rows upon the mountains. Ezer the first, Obadiah the second, Eliab the third, Mishmana the fourth, Jeremiah the fifth, Atai the sixth, Eliel the seventh, Johanan the eighth, Elzabad the ninth, Jeremiah the tenth, Macbeani the eleventh. These were the sons of Gad, captains of the host. One of the least was over an hundred and the greatest over a thousand. These are they that went over Jordan in the first month when it had overflown all his banks. Uh-huh. And they put to flight all of them of the valleys, both toward the east and toward the west. And there came of the children of Benjamin and Judah to the hold unto David. And David went out to meet them and answered and said unto them, If ye become peaceably unto me to help me, mine heart shall be knit unto you. But if ye become to betray me to mine enemies, Seeing there is no wrong in my hands, the God of our fathers look thereon and rebuke it. Then the spirit came upon Amasai, who was chief of the captains, and he said, Thine are we, David, and on thy side, thou son of Jesse, 
peace, peace be unto thee, and peace be to thine helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. Then David received them and made them captains of the band. And there fell some of Manasseh to David when he came with the Philistines against Saul to battle, but they helped them not. For the lords of the Philistines, upon advisement, sent him away, saying, He will fall to his master Saul, to the jeopardy of our heads. As he went to Ziklag, there fell fell to him of Manasseh, Adna, and Josabad, and Jadael, and Michael, and Josabad, and Elihu, and and Zilthi, captains of the thousands that were of Manasseh. And they helped David against the band of the rovers, for they were all mighty men of valor and were captains in the host. For at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was a great host, like the host of God. And these are the numbers of the bands that were ready armed to the war and came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him, according to the word of Yahweh. The children of Judah that bear shield and spear were 6,800, ready, armed to the war. Of the children of Simeon, mighty men of valor for the war, 7,100. Of the children of Levi, 4,600. And Jehoiada was the leader of the Aaronites, and with him were 3,700. And Zadok, a young man, mighty of valor, and of his father's house, twenty and two captains. And of the children of Benjamin, the kindred of Saul, three thousand. For hitherto the greatest part of them had kept the ward of the house of Saul. Okay. And of the... Yeah, so something. there there was civil war. Uh, and uh, I think uh, what we're being told here is the Philistines did not want to choose sides <laughs> in this war. Okay. <laughs> because that would have been suicide, right? Because whoever won the war would uh, certainly attack them. So they tried to stay out of it. All right, back to you. Verse 30. And the children of Ephraim, 20,800, mighty men of valor, famous throughout the house of their fathers. And of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, which were expressed by name to come and make David king. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. Zebulun, such as went forth to battle, expert in war, with all instruments of war, 50,000, which could keep rank. They were not of double heart. And of Naphtali, a thousand captains, and with them with shield and spear, 30 and 7,000. And of the Danites, expert in war, Twenty and eight thousand and six hundred, and of Asher, such as went forth to battle, expert in war, forty thousand. And on the other side of Jordan, <clears throat> of the Reubenites and the Gadites, and of the half tribe of Manasseh, with all manner of instruments of war for the battle, a hundred and twenty thousand. All these men of war that could keep rank came with a perfect heart to Hebron to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest also of Israel were of one heart to make David king. And there they were with David three days, eating and drinking, for their brethren had prepared for them. Moreover, they that were nigh nigh them 
even unto Ishakar and Zebulun and Naphtali, brought on brought bread on asses and on camels and on mules and on oxen and meat, meal, cakes of figs and bunches of raisins and wine and oil and oxen and sheep abundantly, for there was joy in Israel. Wow, can you imagine the size of this feast? It yeah, must have really. Spread out over the countryside. And I had a question which was answered in the last uh, couple of verses here. Was this food uh, coming from the king or did their friends and relatives bring it? So it says, for their brethren had prepared for them. Uh, You can imagine how much food was required for a celebration like this. Man, let's party. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chapter 13. Chapter 13, and David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of Yahweh our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David gathered all Israel together, from Shihor of Egypt, even unto the entering of Hemath, to bring the ark of God from Kirjath-Jerim. And David went up, and all Israel, to Baalah, that is, to kith Kirjath Jerim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God, Yah- of, Yah- of God Yahweh that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name, whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio drave the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries, and with timbrels, and with cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of Yahweh was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him, because he put his hand to the ark. And there he died before God. And David was displeased, because Yahweh had made a breach upon Uzzah, Wherefore, that place is called Perazuza to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in, the house, in his house three months. And Yahweh blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that he had. Okay, uh, I think that Uzzah had committed some sort of sin uh, that uh, Yahweh used this incident to punish him. Okay, and so, uh, so, but yeah, David is afraid of him, not knowing why Uzzah was punished. Because you would think that he, you know, he was just innocently trying to prevent the ark from falling, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> And he was immediately electrocuted because the yeah. ark w- was a, a, an energy device. Okay, so uh, yeah, you can see why David's afraid, not understanding that. But let's continue. Yeah, so uh, 
we we need. To, uh, by the way, uh, this uh, one uh, when uh, Ron Wyatt uh, was digging out, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, he, it's still down there, according to all the videos he's done on the subject. And he made a, a saying, saying that the uh, once the mark of the beast is uh, come abroad or, or is acknowledged, then the the tablets of uh, Moses must be made public. Okay, so uh, we're definitely uh, we're under the mark of the beast right now. <laughs> so the, those yeah. tablets need to be made public. And I wrote a letter to uh, his daughter, who's still alive, of course. And she knows where those tablets are, and those tablets need to be made public. So uh, I'll try to encourage them to do that. All right, uh, uh, chapter 14. Oh, sorry, I interrupted. I think there's more to go on chapter 13. No, we, we just no, did chapter it? 13. Okay, all right. Yep. All right, chapter 14 with about nine minutes left. Now Hiram, <clears throat> king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and timber of cedars with masons and carpenters to build him a house. And David perceived that Yahweh had confirmed him king over Israel, for his kingdom was lifted up on high because of his people Israel. And David took more wives at Jerusalem, and David begat more sons and daughters. Now these are the names of his children, which he had in Jerusalem, Shammua and Shobab, Nathan and Solomon, and Ibhar and Elishua and Elpalet, and Noga, and Nepheg, and Japhia, and Elishama, and Beeliada, and, Eliph- and Eliphalet. And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David, and David heard of it, and went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And Yahweh said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them into thine hand. So they came up to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there. And David then David said, God has broken in upon mine enemies by my hand, like the breaking forth of waters." Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment, and they were burned with fire. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Therefore, David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them. Turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be, when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt go out to battle. For God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. David therefore did as God commanded him, and they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gezer. And the fame of David went out into all lands, and Yahweh brought the fear of him upon all nations. In okay. chapter 14. Okay, so this is not fear of Jews who don't even know what a hammer or sword is. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> the Jews, as we all know, are commercial people, and they have to hire armies to fight against other countries and other peoples. 
except for that measly little ragtag force that's called the Israeli Defense Forces, which uh, executes innocent women and children and rarely engages a a, a full-fledged army in combat, right? And when they do, they run and flee, okay? Verse, uh, chapter 15. Chapter 15, and David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched it for a tent. Then David said, none ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them has Yahweh chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto him forever. And David gathered together, gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of Yahweh unto his place, which he had prepared for it. And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites, of the sons of Kohath, Uriel the chief, and his brethren, 120, of the sons of Merari, Asiah the chief, and his brethren, 220, of the sons of Gershom, Joel the chief, and his brethren, 130, of the sons of Elizaphan, Shemaiah the chief, and his brethren, 200, of the sons of Hebron, Eliel, the chief, and his brethren fourscore, of the sons of Uziel, Amenadab the chief, and his brethren a hundred and twelve. And David called for Zadok and Abiathar the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, Asiah, and Joel, Shemaiah, and Eliel, and Amenadab, and said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of Yahweh, God of Israel, unto the place that I have prepared for it. For because ye did it not at the first, Yahweh our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of Yahweh, God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded according to the word of Yahweh. And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with the instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. So the Levites appointed Heman, the son of Joel, and of his brethren Asaph, the son of Berechiah, and of the sons of Merari, their brethren, Ethan, the son of Cushiah, and with them, their brethren of the second degree, Zerachiah, Ben, and Jeaziel, and Shemaramoth, and Jehiel, and Unai, and Eliab, and Beniah, and Messiah, and Mattathiah, and, and Elithaleh, and Mikneah, and Obed-Edom, and Jeel, the porters. So the singers, Heman, Asaph, and Ethan, were appointed to sound with cymbals of brass. And Zechariah, and Aziel, and Shemaramoth, and Jehiel, and Unai, and Eliab, and Maasiah, and Beniah, with psalteries on Alamoth. And Mattathiah, and Elithahel, and Mikaniah, and Obed-Edom, and Jeel, and Azaziah, with harps on the Shemineth to exhale. And Chenaniah, chief of the Levites, was for song. He instructed about the song because he was skillful. And Berechiah and Elkanah were doorkeepers for the ark. And Shebaniah and Jehoshaphat and Nethaniel and Amasai 
and Zechariah and Benaiah and Eleazar, the priests, did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. And Obed-Edom and Jehiah were doorkeepers for the ark. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of Yahweh out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of Yahweh that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. And David was clothed with a robe of fine linen. And all the Levites that bear the ark and the singers and Chenaniah, the master of the song with the singers, David also had upon him an ephod of linen. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of Yahweh with shouting and with sound of the cornet and with trumpets and with cymbals, making a noise with psalteries and harps. And it came to pass as the ark of the covenant of Yahweh came to the city of David, that Michal, the, the daughter of Saul, looking out at a window, saw King David dancing and playing, and she despised him in her heart. <laughs> oh, she must have been, uh, what was that, uh, what's that denomination that doesn't dance or sing or any of that stuff? Is that... Um, I don't know. Yeah. I know there's one that, yeah, I don't know. What is it? Yeah, I, I forget what they're called, but there's there's several of them that uh, do not, you know, they prohibit singing and dancing and all that kind of stuff in their denominations. And uh, some of them still exist. So given all of the talk of music and dancing and singing in the Old Testament, how can you possibly, you know, uh, say that that, that is not allowed or shouldn't be allowed, right? Because, right. yeah, uh, it makes no sense. So anyway, all right, we got to the end of this. Thanks for uh, narrating, and folks, we'll be back next week with more of uh, this. We're finally getting into history here. <laughs> all these uh, early chapters of Chronicles are long lists of genealogies and soldiers. All right, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Thank you, Dan. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.